Hello everybody, how are you today? Welcome, episode number two, how we sounded, check check, good evening, good morning, good luck, good night, uh, I don't know what time it is where you are, but it is that time for the show, and what is the show? It is Tango Uncorked, and I am your host, Adam Hoopengardner, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York, um... So last week I had my first episode. We had Rebecca Shulman. I think it went pretty well. I got some feedback from people. I appreciate the feedback. Please keep the feedback coming. Um, and I will do my best with the feedback that I appreciate. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to put out there is if you like the show, please subscribe. And you can do that. If you have an iPhone, you have a podcast button on there. And you can... Find Tango Uncorked, and you can subscribe. Um, if you have an Android, I will ask my sister how to do that, or you can uh, give me that feedback. Um, I'm sure it's pretty much the same deal. Uh, this is also available on some other um, podcast platforms. Anyway, uh, yeah, we had Rebecca on last week. And then I flew to Kansas City with Chico to teach in Lawrence. Um, which was a full weekend of, you know, the usual classes, dinners, performance, um, all that stuff. And I'm happy to say that my back healed well enough to get through the weekend. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Next week, I'm going to have Alexis on the show. Well, I'm going to interview him next week, and here's how it's going to roll. We're going to do the interview after Tango Cafe, so it'll be a little different. If you've been to Tango Cafe before, you know that I, well, it'll be a late night. It'll be an interesting interview. Um, what else did I want to say before we start the show? Who's on the show today, Adam? Oh, good question. Um, today, we have Dan Dunbar. Who the fuck is Dan Dunbar, you may ask? Well, you'll you'll get to know him really soon. But um, Dan Dunbar is a pretty interesting guy. Um, and... I want to say I appreciate Dan Dunbar because when he was on the show, it was my second attempt at uh, sitting down and interviewing somebody, and I must say he really helped carry the show um, because, like I said in last week's introduction, I'm very, and as you can tell, I'm new at this, and I'm still getting my bearings a little bit. Um, uh, I mean, we all sit down and have conversations, but it's it's different when you're conducting the conversation and you know that other people are going to listen to that conversation and you want it to stay kind of interesting and light and you know sometimes we go deeper but in light in the sense of um I don't even know what I meant by light but anyway Dan was a real trooper he kind of carried the the conversation when I had my lulls and I really appreciated that he's also interesting because I don't know if you've ever had a craving for something Maybe you wanted ice cream or uh, a bagel or a pizza or I don't know why everything I choose happens to be very high in carbs. But um, Dan Dunbar one day had a craving for a donut. However, there was a little bit of a problem because Dan Dunbar is a vegan and he couldn't find any vegan donuts. So what does he do? He ends up after, and you'll hear in the story, a lot of research and trial and error, he ended up opening a donut shop right here in New York City in Williamsburg. And I will say, not just because he's my buddy, but simply because it's true, they are some of the best damn donuts I've ever had. Um, and they are all vegan. And um, so that's pretty pretty cool. Like, And the business is successful. He also has a branch in the village. Um in the Lower East Side. So that is who is on the show today. And I think I have nothing left to share. So without further ado, here we go with Dan Dunbar on episode two of Tango Uncorked. So let's let's not even think about it. We're thinking about what this podcast is supposed to be. Let's just like 
jump in. I, I, I met you through Tango. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I've met a lot of people through Tango. Um, Do we want to talk about people? I, I don't know if we want to talk about people, Tango, what, what we did before Tango. Um, well, I know you're from Maine. I'm right? from Maine, yeah. Uh, you own a donut shop? I, I own a donut shop in Williamsburg. So we're right around the corner from it right and now. From what I remember, you were hungry for donuts one night. Were you high? I forget. No. Is that, no, okay. <laughs> the, 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 the PC story is uh, is there was, a, there was a hunger for donuts, uh, a Simpsons episode, an in- inspiration. At the time, I was... Uh, I was trying to come up with an idea for a business with a friend of mine from college, and uh, the Simpsons did help inspire us to go down the road of making donuts. Uh, we had a lot of different ideas th- that we threw back to one another. Uh, I went to school for art. Well, originally I went to school for acting. Uh, my business partner also. Um, and so that was not here in New York. That was that was in Ithaca, New York. So oh, I was just in Ithaca. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It's really. Yeah, really pretty. Yeah, yeah. And it, it wouldn't be so far off if you thought that we had the idea smoking weed. I don't know. Maybe I heard that through somebody else. That <laughs> it is that guy. But yeah, yeah. So, but I thought you got. The, I thought you were in New York when you came up with the idea for the donuts. I was actually in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was in Chicago. Um, I bought a fryer from Target. For a hundred and ten bucks, uh-huh. and uh, I brought it back to my apartment, and I experimented making donuts a few nights a week for about a year, uh, testing them on people. The first ones were horrible. So the the thing about the donuts, though, completely from scratch, and hasn't been mentioned yet, but uh, I I've, I've been vegan for eighteen or nineteen years now. Mm-hmm. So at at the at the time I. I had not eaten a donut in over a decade. Uh, I also was, because I was, and still am committed to my vegan diet, I wasn't eating other donuts to remind myself what a donut was supposed to be. Uh, so everything about the, the creation of my recipe was based on feedback and then just like, you know what, I like this, I like that. So really from scratch and uh, so I experimented there for a year until I started. But you couldn't compare it to a donut because you didn't eat donuts. That's right. So it's kind of like <laughs> trying to make a cheeseburger without being able to eat cheeseburgers. It's like, is this is this what it's supposed to be? Is this it? Um, are you sure that what you make right now are donuts? I have no idea. <laughs> no. No, uh, I do know that people like them. And uh, I think that uh, in a lot of ways, limitation is... Well, I know that when I first went to the one of the practicas you had I didn't even know the concept was vegan yeah. I mean the, the, the donut shop concept not the practica concept right well, well that, that's because in the donut shop I hosted uh, malongas and practicas uh, um, what I think I was doing them once a month Monday, I haven't done them in a while yeah. yeah I think July was the first one yeah because I remember I don't know this neighborhood too well I mean I used to live off the Morgan stop but I took a nice long walk that evening I remember I was on the phone with my sister she told me she was getting married and then I came and I don't know if I taught a class there, DJed or something, I don't know. But you, you I ate your donuts, yeah. didn't realize they were vegan, I think until like my fifth visit there. I was totally aloof to the whole concept. Well, I just thought they were good donuts. Well, I've had, I've had customers, uh, regular customers, go as long as six months. But you don't even promote that. No, no not, not really. Not anymore. Well, you no. didn't in the beginning, right? No, I uh, never, never really promoted it that way. It's... If you're looking for it, you can find it. Mm-hmm. And also, the thing about vegans is they, they'll they know if it's right. vegan or they, yeah. they seek that stuff. Yeah, I remember when Jason was in, Jason and Anna were in the Thursday class, and she's a vegan, and yeah. I mentioned, and immediately they were like, oh yeah, we go there three days a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so so they know. For everyone else, I, I don't want to keep a, a stigma there, because a right. lot of people would just... Yeah, they would label it. It's different. You know, it's different. It's not really... I mean... I wouldn't go there. The New York Daily News told us that they didn't want to come see us, but the only reason they came and checked our shop out was because our customers were writing to them about it. And uh, in the first three months I was open, they named my donuts the best donuts in New York City. 
not regarding the fact that they were vegan, just just as donuts. Actually, it was on their own. I mean, it it worked against me. I had uh, a journalist tell me straight up that he did not want to come check out my shop, and then we I gave him a box of donuts. He brought them back to the office. I saw that they started tweeting about them, hmm. and then. Uh, couple weeks later i thought it was just going to be a puff piece on places in the city you could get donuts but it was like the front page of its section and it's cool yeah that's cool i uh i'm definitely biased so if i see like v on a on a sign or something i'll just walk by yeah I mean, <laughs> so i think it's smart not to do yeah. no i mean i'm totally an asshole for doing that because i have eaten food that's vegan and it's amazing yeah it's it's, it's okay i mean they're Assholes are in good company in this world. <laughs> but I think we all go for our comfort foods. So, I, I how often are we in the mood to experiment, right? Yeah, especially on a meal. Like but, I want to eat something. I want to know what I'm getting. I want to know it's good. I'm not trying to be on a high horse here. It's yeah. I make I make donuts. Right. Exactly. Uh, there, there's no ego there. They're donuts. Hopefully, they're really really good donuts. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't push it too much. But I, I, you reminded me. I've had customers that were regular for six months before finding out they were vegan, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they do the whole like jaw drops and their head turns in slow motion because you know my barista mentions to a customer. Well, it's interesting that we're talking about this and tango related because part of the reason I like I want to get people's stories out there is because you mentioned high high headed. How, how did you put it? Uh, high horse. High horse. Yeah, you're on a high. Not you, but you <laughs> used the term high horse. And <laughs> As about, I, that about, I'm not on a No, no, right, right, right. Well, my point is, is like you just want to be a guy who's known for making donuts, right? Not regardless, regardless of what's inside of them. I don't, yeah. Well, you don't want to be known for that, but yeah. you're selling donuts, not vegan donuts. And I'm bringing it back to tango because a lot of people who dance tango don't say I dance or I social dance or something. It's very much like I dance the t- tango, you know, and there's a yeah. high horse there. Um, I see what you mean, yeah. And there can be a high horse there. I can see the the wall that can... <laughs> <laughs> so we just had a cat jump in a trash can. Uh, he's out. He's safe. He's back out. Okay. He's chasing uh, those invisible spirits that run yeah. around in the kitchen sometimes. Um, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I think I, I noticed that too. But, I mean, I think just from my own perspective, uh, when I first got into Tango that that invisible wall of the high horse was much further back than it is for me now. I mean, the first time I went to a Malonga, I was sweating bullets. Everyone there was a pro. I, right, you know. yeah. Um, and as you go, I think that wall can get pushed back a little bit further and you can open it up, your social dancing. But still, I think teachers, people that perform... That's a really hard wall to break for people that are dancing recreationally. Well, I don't think of it... Well, I guess we're talking about two different uh, metaphors for the wall. I'm thinking more like people that are arrogant because they do something and then they want to preach it to others. Like veganism or vegetarianism or tangoism or religion or politics or certain things that you take on, one one takes on, and then they want to... Well, nobody's going to... Nobody's going to have my opinion. It doesn't mean that I don't really, really care about the reasons why I do things. Or the, right. Or, yeah. or the reason that I own the business that I do or the way that I created it. But um, my opinions are going to be my own. I'd rather let you know these things speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think people who are comfortable with their own opinions and confident don't feel the need to put them on other people. Because they right. they're like, oh, this is my thing. I'm good. You don't like it? That's cool. Yeah. And then otherwise, it's like preachy. Can be a little preachy. But yeah, t- I, I, I just feel like in my experience, Tango seems to have a, a, fo- a certain some following of people who are a little snobby, I guess is a way to put it, about well, what they do. I think, I think just about any kind of... Rec- I don't want to use the word recreation. Maybe anything. Like hob- not, just anything. Yeah, just anything <laughs> will have a group of people that take it yeah. seriously, but take themselves too, too seriously. To um, I I just I just like to. I mean, I'm not I'm not at that level myself anyway. But even if I were, I I I'd like to be humbled by the thought that tango exists because people 
just enjoy dancing yeah. and dancing socially. I mean, you need you need people that don't live. Well, who breathe. would want to hang out with a room full of that, like that kind of people? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, so, sometimes just a bunch of people <laughs> preaching to other people about you know. Oh, the preachiness. Yeah, no, or, we can we can do without it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, I was gravitated towards this because I enjoyed hanging out with people but in something that seems kind of productive at the same time yeah and you know you you mentioned a thing I think maybe people and maybe you especially because you you work in tango you don't know how hard it is to see friends like even once a month in this city outside of tango outside of tango I don't know how people do I don't know how people have real friendships with I've actually been developing outside friendships which took me a long time because I was so wrapped up in tango and I think yeah. we all get pretty wrapped when when you're into it you get pretty into it for a while because otherwise you're just gonna not be very good forever yeah <laughs> so you yeah. have to work really hard yeah for be, at least a few years I yeah think. you have to work really hard but I think like at least socially that that social aspect of it I mean there are people that I would see two three times a week that I mean I didn't even have their number in my phone, you know. It's just like it was that easy. Just oh, I already I know I'm going to see so and so. I'm going to see so and so probably a few times this week, and it it's awesome that it that that was one of my favorite things that Tango. But in this, it, but that's true. But at the same time, so I remember the I don't remember if it was the first time, but one of the times when we went out, I think it was for somebody's birthday. And a group of non-tango people went out and did something non-tango years ago, and I yeah. thought it was so cool and normal. Yeah. And it and it was also the first time I think I actually really hung out with those people, even though I saw them three nights a week. Yeah. So there is a you, you know you're gonna see certain people several times a week, but you're almost not. You're all, you're not really seeing them because you only see that one side of them. Yeah, I I, I, I can you know. I can appreciate that. I, but I I mean I I've not always friends. not always. I mean, you can't see the depth of seven hundred people every week. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean I, I forget what the number is. They say how many like real friends you have in your life at any given time, but it that's only because real friendships take time and mm-hmm. energy and thought and. Well, New New York makes developing friendships. I think. How long have you lived here? Um, eight, long, eight years. Long enough to yeah. know what it's like not to live here, right? Like, yeah. When I lived in Cleveland, I developed, I made friendships. It seemed like in a month because I would see the same person five times a week. Yeah. Whereas here, I moved here, and I would see somebody once every six months. So it took five years <laughs> yeah. to develop a relationship because yeah. we were both too fucking busy to. Take that time. Like when I lived in Cleveland, I didn't have anything to do, so yeah. I could go around. I could smoke weed and work at a coffee shop and hang out with my same few people. Yeah. Whereas here, I would meet somebody, and be like, "Oh, they're so cool. Hey, you want to grab a dinner, drink next week?" And they're like, "How about in January?" And it's like October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I think we I think New York has a reputation for that. I, I also you know I can just speak for myself. I, I I'm busy a lot, so. It, well, that's we all are. I mean, yeah, that's the other. Yeah, well, I think that you could say that for a lot of New Yorkers. I mean, we we're working hard to be part of it. So yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you. I haven't been here in, since that party. Me longer you had here. Yeah. Which I don't even remember when that was. It was oh, it was about a year ago. Gosh, because yeah, I remember yeah. I yeah, was, was with Portelli at in Sueño. It was a fucking Monday too. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been like a year from today. <laughs> well, well, I think it was. I think I had the thing for my birthday, that, and that's in a month. So, mm. yeah. Okay, so we're almost at a year. Almost, almost, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> no. Where, where, where are we at? So uh, we're, um, we're 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 talking, and now uh, it's going well. Yeah, it's going all right. <laughs> so, uh, so we talked about uh, just. I mean. Are you oh, interested? well, I was curious about, like, you, I don't think you started a donut shop simply because you wanted a donut, right? No, You no. are, I mean, somebody who starts a project like that, Yeah. eventually 
you're going to start another project. No? Any ideas if you want to start another project? No. Yeah? Not like a business project like this, perhaps, Business but. project. I mean, like, I, I, I'm a bit of a dabbler. I like to try new things out. And I guess in terms of, in terms of a business, I'm not really thinking about other ventures at the moment. There, there's still, there's a lot that I want to get done with donuts still okay. i mean I'm, oh so you're still like in the yeah yeah i mean sorry man no it's okay <laughs> i'm just gonna put her over there sorry. Do, do, do you want me to take a break i can like put it put uh, i think as long me. as she doesn't climb back up here we're good okay no okay come on buddy it's okay it's because he knows that oh all right all right for... okay all right i'm back in all right so yeah. i'm i'm not i'm not really looking at other kinds of business ventures definitely more extracurricular type okay. things I'm interested yeah. in pursuing um, that's cool yeah no because uh, I just thought because certain people you know it's more about achieving the goal than, than sustaining the goal you know like some people oh. they're like they're like oh I have a excuse me I have a great idea I want to start a podcast or I want to learn how to dance and then they get proficient enough, and then it's like their real thing is actually doing another, like always trying new things rather than building one thing. I'm more like, oh, yeah. I have something, I want to make it better, make it grow. Like it sounds like you are that's how with what that, you're doing. That's how I feel yeah. with uh, the donut shop. That's not the way I feel about everything. Yeah. Um, there's some things I just, I get, I get. You could distill it down to like a bucket list. Like there are things I know I want to do. Mm-hmm. in my life that I haven't done yet and they'll take some work to get to but um, I don't maybe necessarily think that they'll become a thing that I invest all of my time and energy into the way and that at I this point you can't because you're running yeah. this yeah yeah yeah. So yeah I have things that I wish not wish but you know you almost wonder if you could just turn the page for a day and live in another life what that would be like but it would take in real time, it would take 10 years to get there. Oh, yeah. And you don't have that. Oh, like, I, 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 I wish I knew what it felt like to be sick and get to call out. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be awesome. That, 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 that's it. I daydream about leaving work at 5 p.m. and saying, oh. I don't have to think about this. Till I, don't have, I don't have to think about work right now. Yeah. I, I, always, I daydream about that, too, and then I feel like my life would be really unfulfilled. Yeah. Well, well I, maybe not. Maybe I'd like go sailing every night instead, or do yeah, something else. Who knows? I don't know. I, I do. I think I, I may have poisoned myself with with work to now. Like maybe I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I'll never retire. That's what that's what I've done. Yeah. 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 I think like ongoing. Although I do remember like, I think I was in Puerto Rico a couple of years ago, and it was the first time I was like sitting on a beach, and I didn't feel like I was wasting time doing nothing. I felt like I could do this forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me a long time to get to that point. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been there too. But usually I I don't get to go away for that long. So it'll just be like one really powerful afternoon where I'm just, you know, like recently it's been some ski trips. Uh, I'm up at the top of a mountain or hmm. coming down a trail and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't need to go back. I'm just going to empty the accounts and stay here. So... <laughs> Is that you do that up in Maine with your dad, right? Or you have, I know. Well, we, I, I have. Uh, there's de- my dad skis all winter in Maine, all season long in Maine. But uh, for the past three years, we we have uh, an annual ski trip. So um, uh, this is kind of in in memory of a friend of you his. You go out west for that, no? I've been all over now. Okay. So I've been. I went to France the first oh, wow. year, and then we went to. Uh, um, uh, Utah hmm. and uh, this past year we went up to Montreal and now this year we're going uh, uh, out west we're going to uh, British Columbia it's going to be incredible hmm. yeah. and it's in memory of who? He, he had a, a best friend who was a lifelong skier this is a guy who moved in a van to a ski mountain out west uh, when he was young hmm skied every day that the mountain was open didn't have a job just skied wow you know um he had a job you know as he got older he you know but he skied all winter long and 
uh, he, he had a little group of friends, including my dad, and they all looked up to him. And when he passed away, they asked him um, where he would like, where's the one place you wish you would have skied? And uh, they thought he was just going to say something nearby. Uh, keep in mind that is he had he has a in this group of friends there are people who never left the state of Maine, and uh, he told them this mountain in France, and these guys all went to France hmm. to honor his memory. You know, and they've never they probably didn't even have passports. They didn't yet. have passports. They hmm. had to get passports. It took a it took a little while to pull together, but right. you know they did it. Well, and now they're hooked. Like uh, now they do this annual thing. Too. Yeah, they do. They they they're all hooked on skiing. I mean, they're mm-hmm. also they the na- they call themselves the Never Grow Old Ski Club. Ironically, uh, they're pretty old. They, yeah, they're pretty old. <laughs> they're it, it's now my my dad's my dad's the the youngest of the bunch, and mm-hmm. he he's he's pulling strong, but the other ones are are having a little bit of a rough time. And one of the guys, this really great guy, Don, uh, a good friend of my dad, he's a, I, I don't know, I think it'd be easier to count the bones in, a, in his body he hasn't broken hmm. in his lifetime. Wow. Uh, he's, he's a self-taught carpenter. Okay. Um, and uh, he, 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 still, he still works. I, I don't know how, he's in his 60s. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're not that old yeah, then. Yeah, no, not, no. Not, not that old, but like... You see, you see this guy's hands, right? And you know, yeah, you can around. you can tell, like, mm-hmm. well, not just that he's been around, but how hard he's worked. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's, I wish I had hands like that. Yeah, I right? have very girly hands. Just yeah. People I've always been... touch my hands and they talk about how smooth they are, and, like it's a compliment. And I'm like, I kind of want to light them on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I've I've got I've got pretty. But you you use your hands. I use my hands a lot, but I have I have really soft skin, and my mm-hmm. hands look like. I, I look, I look real pampered. <laughs> so I, like I've been, I've been on first dates and had girls just say, "You don't work." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say so. My feet is a different story, but I think like ugly feet aren't as sexy as ugly hands. Well, like, ugly feet are just gross. Well, seeing the feet isn't usually a first date <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, I don't know what kind of dates you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you have. Are you still in business with your buddy? No. Okay. We no. don't have to go there. That's all right. I yeah. was just curious though, because we talked about it in the past. Yeah, I probably shouldn't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, are you going to be uh, asking people, you know, how they got into tango? I, I, I'm I thinking I'll make it a rule that only if it's a good story. Okay. Because like I hear like, oh, I was at college and I walked by a room and people and they offered me to come in for a class. And I'm like, okay. I've heard that fucking story I, I guess times. You, I guess you hear a lot of that. So, well, maybe, I guess I do more than most. So maybe it's just not interesting to me. Do you think it's interesting for people to hear that? I don't know. I don't know if other people's <laughs> stories are that much different than mine. Um, I mean, some of them um, are fascinating, and yeah. some of them, and some people are just funny when they talk about. Not it. really you know, self-conscious really, now. I feel like. Well, now <laughs> I have to know because we, we, we brought it. <laughs> God, what did I do to myself? I might already please, know. Please, like, please, you probably told me. In the please, past, please don't. don't please don't knows. yawn. <laughs> well, I was walking by this class. I saw these people <laughs> dancing. <laughs> now I, uh, I, I, I remembered watching. Uh, like uh, like spy films when I was a kid with my dad, and uh, one the one thing I, I every spy could do was just pull out tango. They all knew how to dance tango, and they do it to get out of a pinch. Um, so you know, like the bad guys come into the room. Do you know what a great cover for a spy would be? Being be an international tango teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I thought tra- about that too. You travel the world, right? You meet yeah. people, you dress up. They're gonna make a new Zoolander movie, but around tango dancers. Not a bad yeah. idea. Yeah, you could be an, an assassin. So, well, there is an assassin tango movie that's horrible, but oh, yeah. you were <laughs> oh, watching. Gosh, I guess there is, right? That is true. Yeah, but it, you know, somebody could probably do it better. Yeah. So you're uh, you're watching movies. Okay, so so so. Uh, Spy movies. So I got introduced. I've never seen a spy movie with Tango in it, by the way. But okay, I'm you have curious. to see. You, you have to see True Lies. Oh, okay, I saw that one. Okay, I yeah. mean, you probably watch it and say, "Oh, they're not dancing tango. They're not really." I, dancing I don't have tango. a line for what tango is and isn't anymore. Okay, I don't. I lost that high horse. Okay, you good. ran away. Good. Because I think anything you're doing that brings you joy and you're 
whatever you know i mean not anything you're doing to bring you joy is tango necessarily i don't know how much joy the actors are experiencing dancing the choreography that they were given who knows they look painful to me yeah but um but anyway i i I fell in love with tango there and uh i i sought out the music kind of fell in love with the music too Mm -hmm. um uh and then i just I, I, I guess I, I just kind of knew in the back of my head for years, I'm going to learn this someday. And uh, I worked uh, my first year in business. I, I was working like 17, right, there all night. Yeah, like yeah. 16, 17 hour days. And when I made my first wave of hires, I guess going back to talking about being restless, not knowing what to do with yourself when you're not working, mm. suddenly I had like an extra eight hours in the day that I didn't have to work. I didn't know what to do with myself and just impulsively said, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna sign up for tango. See what that's about. I had no idea that there was a, a tango scene. I actually mm. thought I was going right. to learn how to dance tango and just have to keep it in my back pocket until I was at a that spy. place. Right, until I was a spy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like that for the first year. I didn't think there was anybody who danced well, tango in the city. A lot of people that I've, like Chico, my yeah. partner, uh, a lot of people... When they get into it, they're you some a lot of those people, they're in like little pockets, mm-hmm. and I think the teachers or the, whatever school or whatever they try to keep you in the pocket, and you don't know there's a pocket because who the fuck thinks there's a tango community in, yeah. anywhere in the world? So until you like step out and see, that's why when we teach beginners, we always try to tell them like day one, like you live in New York City, there's a huge tango community jump in as fast as you can yeah i mean it could be a little intimidating too but i just for me that was the most fun about it was like every night of the week you can go to a different club and it's got a different vibe and you're meeting different people yeah and it's terrifying which is awesome oh it's oh, i i'll never i'll never forget the feeling i had the first time i asked someone i didn't know to dance is unreal did they say yes or no they said yes okay good yeah um <laughs> they they asked me if i was okay uh-huh. And if I wanted to continue after the first song, <laughs> at the same time or two different times? Wait, they asked if you were okay. Oh, so so like I, before I, you started dancing? No, no, no. After oh. the first song. Oh, they and, asked. And, and did the, they ask if you were okay? Like mid tanda. Like, are you and, panicking right now? And are you break, okay? Or I was, I was sweating a lot. Like I, <laughs> my shirt changed shades. Oh wow. I, uh, I mean, I, I didn't know a lot about movement. Uh, I had just barely grazed the concept of turning Mm -hmm. so you know it was a lot of repetition a lot of a lot of fear of not moving too so i was constantly you know and that 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 i know is like you gotta you gotta break that out of people like say just relax listen to the music not something people do when they go to their first malonga thinking about having a conversation is is makes it harder to talk and yeah. thinking about relaxing makes it harder to relax. Right, you know? right. Like, like I, feel, I feel relaxed right now when we started. <laughs> we, we, we hit record and we're like, um, uh, uh, okay, so what do we... Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I often try to tell people to... Re- I mean, I well, let me rephrase. I try not anymore to tell people to relax. Yeah. I just try to do goofy shit that makes them relax. I think, I think Tango's helped me understand in maybe a more profound way than I did before how valuable mistakes are Hmm. Um, and to not be afraid of them. Hmm. Uh, I think as in when I'm learning something new, uh, I'm really grateful to be doing it the wrong way because I'm learning all of the ways not to do it. Yeah. Uh, And I, I, I think I apply that more to my life outside of tango now too. I just brush it off and... That's okay. That's how people learn. They make yeah, mistakes. Yeah, I, I agree, and I find that uh, in this discipline, more than others, people are, I feel, more reluctant to want to make, like, they're really hesitant to do it wrong. Yeah. And like you said, it's hard to flesh out what's, I don't like to, I don't like to use the word right and wrong, but it's hard to flesh out what is right or correct if you don't have a reference to what isn't. It's like making donuts when you <laughs> haven't eaten a donut in 12 years. <laughs> so, so, so everybody can understand what that's like. It's learning tango. Well, that's not something I know. 
Right. Like I watch I watch these performers do these things and I'm like I understand in theory they're moving their feet, they're turning their bodies. There's music playing. There's music yeah. playing. Why can't I do that? Like there's no point of reference to say, "Oh, well, you know, it's, it's easy." For I mean, I don't know. I've never performed at that level, but I'm sure in, in some capacity a lot of the things I I would think would be very difficult are like it's not really that difficult. You learn how to do it. You get familiar with your instincts mm -hmm. and you operate on a very... But you have to make a million mistakes. You have to make a million mistakes. Before. And you've got to be able to, like with a lot of disciplines, you have to do something so many times that you just kind of stop thinking about mm -hmm. it and it frees you up to think about other things. Mm -hmm. my, one of my relatable things, like you brought up donuts, learning to, to make donuts... I studied Spanish for a few years, and I also, and then prior to that, I did like more. I, one of my teachers, Brigitte, mm -hmm. said something to me a long time ago that I appreciated the moment she said it. She said, "Always be new at something." Yeah. Always be. She was. I don't know if that works for everybody in general, but she was speaking to me as like a person who wanted to be a tango teacher. <clears throat> I think it was like in reference to like stay humble and also. Don't Absolutely. forget what it's like to learn and, and many, many things. Yeah. Um, but like when I was learning Spanish, it relates to what you're saying about the familiarity. Familiarity. Uh, you got it. I got it. Because <laughs> um, if I'm thinking about breaking down a sentence, I can't communicate with somebody. Yeah. But after I said it enough, then it would come out. And it's interesting how your brain processes symbols versus thoughts. Yeah. Like when I when you, you like right now when we speak, I'm not thinking about the words or even what they mean necessarily, but yeah. there's symbols in my mind that are allowing me to communicate to you. Just like in the dance, eventually we're less conscious of what we're creating. It just comes out in a different stream. It's really yeah, yeah. It's a, and I, I I think of tango very much like I do language anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, it it would make sense that it would follow that pattern. We're learning a vocabulary. Um, we're also learning to hopefully to relax and just have a conversation and listen. That's a big thing. Well, dialoguing, yeah. yeah. Listening, con conversing is also uh, listening and dialoguing. One of the things we've been working on a lot in our, not to like plug what we're doing right now, but the last seminar we did was was developing a way for us as teachers to, to communicate dialoguing between the partners. Yeah. So not not only lead and follow shit, but like, reading and playing off of lead and follow yeah um because i know for i, I mean you've danced with chico and, and like i love dancing with women that aren't just doing what they're told or absolutely like have a voice have a have an expressive way to to communicate i think it, it it's almost unfortunately it's symptomatic of the language we use to describe tango leader follower yeah. and I, I, at least for myself, I really try not to think of it that way. I know that both parts have different roles and tasks and ways, mm -hmm. but, but hopefully there is a conversation happening between the two people dancing. Otherwise, what's the point? It's like... Well, you could almost compare it to what's happening now. Like, I'm proposing to sit down and talk to you. So I'm conducting this thing, yeah. And you're the fuel. You're the one. You're the reason, right? It would. It's much more interesting to let something grow naturally and see where it goes, and not even always know where it's going to go. To to reciprocate and take feedback and. Well, I was talking with Sharon about this yesterday, and I've been thinking about this for months. When I decided I wanted to try this, I this podcast thing. Was if you interview somebody, it's a lot like lead and follow. Yeah. But if you talk to somebody, it's a it's dialoguing. Yeah. And I'm a dan as a dancer, I'm a I dialogue more than lead, I think. Yeah. Um. So that's where I feel like this might work more organically for me if I just let it take its course, or it, it could suck. I don't know. And then I might just start asking stupid questions like, where did you learn how to dance tango, and you know how many countries have you danced tango? But yeah. I think people are more interested in what relates us all. Yeah. Um, and it's not just simple answers to simple questions. It's more like things they don't know relate to us. Like you brought up something 
uh, a little bit ago about mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. I never... I really appreciated what you said because we learn by making mistakes. You know? Yeah. If I'm, I was interviewing I'm you, sure I may you... not have gotten that out of you. That's my point I guess I'm trying to make is yeah. you came up with that determination. Like, right. The conversation led itself to that. That's more interesting to me. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, we're... And in and, 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 and the dance, you discover things you... You'll experience things you wouldn't be able to experience by just leading in a way that, or ha- even having that mindset that this dance is only going to be what I make it. Mm-hmm. And for a follower to think, I am only going to do well, what is says, asked yeah, of me. Yeah. Um, you're not going to discover new things. The only You're just going to be polishing up something that isn't really that and interesting. Practice time is useful. I mean, I find that... I'm my most creative when I'm at my most limited. And to throw back again, that was my experience with donut making. I was very limited. Mm. I had no culinary experience. <laughs> uh, and I was not eating donuts, yet I was tasked with... This is, this is really getting better. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, I don't know how to cook, and I don't eat donuts. I think I'm gonna own a banana donut shop. But 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 I I, I feel like I, I I was ambitious uh-huh. and I was willing to be creative and I was willing to make mistakes. Well, that's why I asked you before about if you have any new projects in the in even if it's like deep 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 down in the back because you are ambitious and I know you're knee deep waist deep in the donut thing right now. Mm-hmm. But ambitious people get bored. Well, I, I, mean, I guess I guess sometimes I, I dabble with the thoughts of other things I could do. Right. I, I'd like to do some writing. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like I could be successful in the uh, cat appliance industry. Cat I, appliance. I built a, I built a perch for my cat. Oh, that thing is so yeah. cool. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So just like knickknack, basically fixtures you put on your wall so cats can get off the ground and look down on you which is really where, where they by the way they like to be i mean i'm i there's like these cat cafes opening up yeah have you I, ever considered no oh god no, no. i let, let me <laughs> let me put this on the record i never want to own another business okay okay we got no that? no no. i wasn't gonna say open a cat cafe oh. i was gonna say what would you what would it take for you to allow cats in your cafe what a, a complete overhaul of the national health code. Oh, well, yeah. they have that now. Like they have cat cafes. Yeah, but but it but, wouldn't work. Okay, no, they, 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 you could blend they, your they, your fixture they, business. Yeah, they basically have to have hyperbolic chambers that separate the kitchen uh, from <clears throat> the cat part. They're two entities completely separated that allow crossover and they. I'm I'm sure okay. they they you know the health inspections but especially in New York I'm sure yeah yeah I was just thought it'd be if it worked then you could start oh, selling yeah. those things like, mm. yeah. <laughs> no I'm just gonna be hawking them on infomercials <laughs> I'd also like to I've already I already got my feet wet so to speak in uh, something I'm very passionate about and I want to put this down on record because I'm I need to investigate this more in my lifetime and that's uh, scuba diving hmm. with sharks. Have you done scuba? I, I I learned how to scuba dive four years ago, um, so I could go scuba diving with sharks, and I did that three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a my bucket list is shark species, so there are certain sharks I want to swim with. Uh, I'm gonna start off kind of easy with the bigger ones, you know, cages and everything, but. I've got it. I want to. I want to swim with sharks. This okay. is just something I've I've wanted to do since I was very young, uh, and I almost feel like it motivates me uh, with my work to get my business to a place where I can afford myself that much leisurely activity. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, yeah, no, I think that the next one on the the list for me is. Um, off the coast of Mexico with great white sharks. Hmm. And uh, I'm going to snack my brother. I'm going to make him go with me. Sharks. Yeah. That's interesting. 
I always wanted to fly, like my own plane. But I mean that the, like like I looked into that and it takes that's more expensive. work. Yeah, it's expensive. I, I forget how many hours you have to log before you can even be in a plane by yourself. Yeah, I think it's like five thousand. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, and it's, yeah, yeah, but that that was always my shark thing. Your like, shark thing. Man, I was, and I I looked into it a few years ago, and that's when I learned how. <laughs> did did you did you take a flight lesson? Ever? No, but I did go up with a buddy uh, who has his own plane. It's like a little tiny. Did you get? Uh, no, maybe for a minute. Gears, yeah. Maybe for a second, he let me hold the reins, but um, I did get to experience being in a in a little plane, and it was really yeah. cool. We flew to Atlantic City from Trenton. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, Sharon yeah. and I went. Um, it was it was really cool. Cool. But to actually do that. It's like a rich man's hobby. It's oh. like well, now maybe maybe if we live long enough, well, all of our cars will fly. So maybe yeah. I I hate to think that I would like all the time it takes me to put money away, yeah. to save, to just like lose it really fast by learning to fly. I, I, that it'll eat it up. But you know who who knows how you'll feel in hmm. ten years, fifteen years. Yeah, might save up all that money and feel like. Yeah, hey, you're not taking it with you. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do what you love. And I I feel like I guess uh, kind of it's a little harsh, but if you don't if you don't do it, you never really loved it enough. Mm. You know, if you really want it, you'll you'll do it. So it's a good place to yeah, and it kind it's kind of scary because then you have to well I. You think, well, I do love this, but I'm not doing it. When when am I going to do it? And sometimes you have to change your whole life to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't make that sacrifice, then maybe it wasn't. Maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. People have people have given up a lot to do things they love. That's true. I know. I mean, a lot of people that have made sacrifices in their lives to... I think it gets harder as you get older. Yeah. I mean, I started doing tango when I was 21. I didn't really have to change much. I just had to start doing something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but other people that... It does. It gets harder. Do it as you yeah. get older, you get settled, you get comfortable. But then maybe uh, you get bored, so you want to change it up again. Who knows? Well, then, yeah. But I think it's a good lesson. Always, Always be new at something, like you said. So, at least it keeps you fresh. Yeah. Keeps you in touch, grounded, connected to people. You know, things are hard. I've been making donuts for so long. Like, I really could do it in my sleep right now, but I don't. I know it would. I also know that they're not that easy to make. Yeah. Yeah. Not to make well. I mean, I've only had. One or two good donuts in I my def- life. I definitely picked one of the hardest of baked goods to to produce. <laughs> and they're they're extremely finicky. They're very sensitive. How long did it take for you to get like a recipe down that you're? Do you mold everything around like a pretty consistent basis? Yeah. Like because you yeah. have different concoctions all the time. Yeah, I, I would say it took about two years before I really felt like I had a solid base or foundation Mm. to work from um i was learning everything i mean this this is to me this is one of the most interesting things but like a glazed donut so i'd make a donut and i would be like how do you get the icing on this thing and it's it's so thin and it hardens up and so i would make i'd make an icing and i'd try to get it on the donut after i'd made it and it would just instantly solidify and it would look clumpy and it wouldn't look even I was like, Jesus, maybe they just... You thin the icing out and then you use a paintbrush and you put it on that way. So I literally tried doing this that way, like with like a barbecue wand or something. And uh, um, it wasn't until about a year and a half into making donuts that it occurred to me that, oh, you glaze a donut by putting the icing on the donut while the donut's still very hot. Hmm. And then the icing melts over the donut. Where if you put the icing on a donut after it's cooled down... It's not a it's not a glaze, it's a frosting. Wow. It took me about a year and a half before I figured that out. Did you even bother to try to ask people that knew? 
<laughs> it, it sounds like I didn't. Um, I think I... <laughs> Google? I, I mean, anything? <laughs> I mean, I... I think I think I, I definitely got sucked into my own little world in a lot of ways. Well, you learn, like you said, you learn more that way. Yeah. Well, well, well. For me, I think just because what I was doing was very new in a way. I mean, I would, I would look up recipes. They'd all say like, "Oh, this many eggs, this much," and I'm like, "Geez, I can't. These aren't my recipes." Right. Like, and I don't want to just like make a recipe that's like. Oh, well, I know you just replaced the egg with this, like, kind of market brand egg replacing powder. Because it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to come up with from scratch. I literally came up from scratch. Like, didn't use a donut recipe as a basis, just started experimenting. I, it, took me, it took me a month before I figured out I should have sugar in the dough. Mm. Now, that might not mean anything to people that don't know how donuts are made but if anybody does know that's like saying like oh you should put sugar in like a cookie or like oh you make pancakes with flour you know it's like it's like that <laughs> it's like, integral. Yeah, yeah it's like it's it's something people you know people in that business would know and i thought to me it's just exciting that it ha- how how it happened that way maybe in a way i was I wasn't looking out too much because I kind of wanted, I wanted to do it on my own too, and see what I was able to come up with before I started pulling my answers from other people. Mm. Maybe not that wise, but well, you didn't have a brick and mortar yet either, so it wasn't like you were. Yeah, at the time you were just playing around and I was playing experimenting, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's it gives you a little less pressure to. Yeah, I look and I look and. But you, did you know bit. from that, ex, during the experimental time that you were planning to open a donut shop? Or were you just still just like, I'm just this guy who likes to fucking try to make donuts? <laughs> I was I was planning on opening, opening a donut shop, but it was so far away in reality, uh-huh. um, or at least my perception, that I didn't, I wasn't uh, intimidated by that notion. So when I was experimenting, I wasn't under a tremendous amount of pressure to get it right. I just wanted to. Right. Um, and that was nice. And again, yeah. I think that, that that's kind of... How my, did you get by while you were... You were you were living here then? Or were you still in Antigua? At first, I was in Chicago oh, when Chicago. I started making the donuts. Uh, I was working at a art studio. And you um, went to art school. I like a, you went to art school in Chicago? I, I finished my degree in uh, sculpture at cool. uh, the School of the Art Institute um, of Chicago. It was great. Um, very uh, what, 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 how do I say this? It's different than a lot of other art schools. It's, um, it was very conceptual. Hmm. So the, the classes, the professors would be very interested in your voice as an artist. Right, and not um, recreating something necessarily. Uh, well, well, you creating something. I no, mean, recreating something. I meant. Right, but uh, not a lot of attention given given to uh, the the technical aspects of like, well, this is how you mix your own paints, or this is how you um, continue. Uh, a career in welding when you don't have access to that equipment because you don't own your own welding equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of practical advice for how to be an artist. I worked of for a, a painter named Ed Michikovsky who passed away probably ten years ago, and uh, he was a he was one of the op, art movement guys from the, New York in the '60s, I believe. Yeah. And he had a studio back in Cleveland, and anyway, he taught at the CIA, the Cleveland Institute of Art. Okay. And I would work for him in his studio painting his paintings because he was too old to paint. He did such linear stuff. But what he was talking about was he was always upset because he wanted to teach conceptual art. He thought you should teach conceptual art before you taught technique. Yeah. That was his whole... He said because he thought technique ruins people's 
creativity or it like boxes them in a little bit. Yeah. And I, he was and he inspired a guy named Joseph Kosuth, who was I guess a very famous conceptual artist mm-hmm. in the eighties. And uh, anyway, that was his whole thing was like you should do concept first. Which I yeah. Was interesting. I think that I think that's valuable. I think, but again, hand in hand. Now, now I'm gonna go off on a tangent, but I think that that it's just one of a, pra- a practical issue in educational systems in general, whether it be grade school or uh, higher education, is that practical, usable advice is hard to come by. Because I think like I think a lot of people just graduate and have no idea what they're going to do. Yeah, I agree. That's why um, I didn't even bother myself. Let alone, like, I, I, I just, you know... Even something like paying your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who the fuck sh- knows how to do that? You should, you should freaking know yeah, about should, that shit by the time you're out of high school. I don't know why they teach, like, uh, I had to take a class in, like, 8th grade or ninth grade on how to, like, disassemble a lawnmower engine and put it back together. But, like, I could have used that time to learn how to file taxes. It would have been so much more useful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe they thought you were going to be mowing lawns. <laughs> I guess so. This was, like... You know, they offer these courses sometimes, and then you're like, then you graduate and you go into the world, and you're like, I don't know how to do. I mean, I must have filed taxes incorrectly for a good seven years. Oh, yeah. Luckily, it's, I think it's expired by now, but. Yeah. And now I have an accountant and all that stuff, but, you know, that's important. You can go to jail for that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not, it's not good. I can just buy a lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, art school, well. We're getting to about an hour here. I guess we could wrap it up. But yeah. I'm final final thoughts. Final topic. To, to uh, final thoughts on what? Oh, I don't know anything. I don't know. What are you, what are you what are you interested in finding out? What what do you want? Is do you have any idea what you're going to get out of this, or are you kind of excited about the mystery of what? Well, well I think. I don't even remember why this idea came to me to start doing this. Yeah. I think it's related to why I got into tango to begin with. Wasn't I didn't get into tango to dance tango, believe it or not. I got into tango because I think I, I like human connection. Yeah. Even if I don't like the people sometimes, you know? Like, I'm not a... Oh, it's... it's if I, like, for example, yeah. it's very hard for me to stay home alone... But I can like go to a pub alone and sit there, and if I have people around me, I feel better. I see what than you're... just yeah. being alone in my apartment. Yeah. Not that I'm depressed or anything. I just like having people. It's more comfortable, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I've been bored with not bored, but you know, with Tang, I've been doing Tang for 15 years, so it's not always like my most. I'm not always inspired. I mean, all the time. And yeah. so for whatever reason, this notion came to me. And I thought, I have people through Tango, so yeah. I can talk. It's not like if, if so, I was just some dude who didn't know anybody and wanted to start interviewing people. It, it, so, so this isn't a way of finding connection with people? Well, also, way. like we spoke before, like, I've known you for years. We know we like each other. We know, we know we're, we could always hang out and be cool, but we don't know each other that well. Yeah, and another reason was that I just thought it'd be nice for my own interest just to get to know the people that I see all the time a little more. Yeah, and maybe next time. I mean, certain people I gravitate with immediately, like Dr. Mike, or you know, you just yeah. sit around and chat. They're very chatty people. Hey, Dr. Mike. And uh, how long yeah. he wants to do this? I want to do this yeah. with him too. Good. He's got some fucked up stories. <laughs> um, you guys are gonna get real. It's gonna get pretty raw. <laughs> Late night, <laughs> late night with that. Oh, well, so that goes back to what you asked. Like, I asked, uh, I brought this, I went to do a portrait. You know, Kinning, she does the portraits, she draws people. Uh huh. And I did one at her apartment last summer. And I mentioned to her this idea. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I might want to do this podcast thing. And she really seemed excited about it. So that helped me get excited about it. Yeah. And she had some ideas that she tossed to me. And then when I finally got this equipment and I mentioned it to somebody else they were like oh that's such a good idea and then you should try and then i reached out to you last week and you were like oh why don't you consider you know when you get if this keeps going start a website and maybe 
videotape somebody dancing a little bit and like add that to the storyline. So all of these ideas are now coming to me as well, and I want to, if I like them, I want to incorporate them. Yeah. Well, well, I think the the reason I suggested that, and it, you know, I I can totally appreciate that the reason uh, that got you into exploring the uh, podcast may be very different than what I was thinking would be the you know great about having that resource. But um, I think for me, you go out, you go dancing, and it is for me, it is kind of nice not knowing a lot of people. I mean, like mm-hmm. I've definitely danced and really enjoyed dancing with people that if I just got to know in real life, I might not even like them. Right. Yeah. Um, definitely. But uh, but I am interested in the diversity of this community, and uh, I think that this is one way of, and there are lots of different ways there could be to give people a window into seeing just how different we all are, yet we can come together and do this thing. Lucille, the woman I mentioned before, she was doing, she's been doing tango in New York since the mid-90s, and she, I think they had like a newsletter at one point where they would have like a list, I'll have to go back and listen, but she said there was like a list of names and then like a list of traits, like uh, works at a, a donut shop, or and like they wanted to see if you could solve who is who, like because to help people get to know each other in the community a little bit more, I suspect, or I forget the exact angle. Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting, and it's a little bit similar to what, what what's going on now, what 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 I'm trying to do, I guess. Um, but who this this is starting off here with us sitting in your kitchen talking and then like I loved it I mean I told Sharon yesterday about your idea and she thought it was really cool oh oh yeah let's show 30 seconds of somebody dancing and like the picture this Dan Dunbar he's a dancer in New York and then here's a little conversation with Dan Dunbar little 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 blurb I'm thinking I, I just uh what you were describing to me reminded me of Faces of New York well, and that's similar just, to also the Humans of New York, yeah. I mean, uh, Humans yeah. of New York. Is it, I yeah. was thinking about calling this Humans of Tango, but I thought, I don't really want to steal that guy's shtick, so... No, not, you, I guess you don't need to steal the shtick. You could call it whatever you want, right. but just, like, some way of highlighting, like... I mean, every time I go out dancing, I'm just seeing strangers. Just... And to me, I'm like, I feel like almost like, oh, Tango people, like, in the daytime... They're they're under a rock or they're hanging from the rafters in a cathedral, and at <laughs> night they 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 swoop down. They come to this place and this is where they're alive. Right. But the reality is, we're all doing very different <laughs> things in the real world, and uh, a lot of people are doing things that are very interesting and have interesting stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And you never really get a chance to s- explore that or find out about that in tango, for especially for the casual dancer. Um, and having this resource, maybe it's not going to tell you about everybody, but it's going to remind you about how interesting and how important and that community like is. Said, yeah. You know, it, it, it's great. Like I, I, I I'm not going to name names, but I know I've danced with people and really enjoyed dancing with people that on a political level, oh, yeah. I just, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to connect with at all Mm -hmm. and but it is to me very magical that i can enjoy their company right um uh so well the communication the connection i mean we've all learned and we've all learned more about ourselves through this thing tango and anything we do you know um i learned like human connection is not and i already had this premonition because I just I'm never I'm not a shallow person in general I think, mm-hmm. but like it's not surface, it's deeper. Yeah. And um, when tango, you really like, you physically are touching somebody. You know what you may have been programmed to think like is attractive or is sexy or is desirable, is completely the opposite of what you actually feel in your touch and skin and smell and, and which is I think absolutely true. Yeah. And I think tango's allowed a lot of people to like. Still, some people are pretty shallow. I see that too. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I I know what you. But mean. you know what I mean, like it it. it I'm, I'm attracted to a lot more things and different things than I thought I would be. Coming from a white community in Lakewood, Ohio, where yeah, you know, this is what you're, this is what you're sort of programmed, not forcefully programmed, but to think is like attractive and. Absolutely, yeah. 
yeah the 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 sensuality the connection um the experience is not a surface thing at all and i've learned to like i learned how much i didn't listen to women yeah over the years through tango because i never really noticed you know you don't some may sound like it's coming up might come out wrong but like I don't think most people do listen. Maybe not even to women, but just to each other. Yeah. And so we're so busy talking and speaking what we want to say. I'm, but li- in, I'm listening to you. But when you... When you do, <laughs> I'm really listening. <laughs> but when we do something like this, we have to... I mean, I think yeah. it benefits us to listen a lot. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe uh, people will listen to your podcast and see the parallel between the conversations you're having and how that can actually apply to, you know, you're going to be interviewing tango dancers. This is its own dance in a a way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get to do that, you know, a few nights a week too. You go out. Well, I guess that's a good place to end, huh? Sure. It's been a good trial run. I liked it. We didn't even get into the sex and drugs or... (laughs) <laughs> but maybe maybe the we'll next time up. you have me on we'll have a follow up we'll follow up with that yeah. <laughs> alright alright man cool thank you yeah alright so there it was my uh, sit down and chat interview conversation with uh, Dan Dunbar it was a lot of fun um, as you could see he really did uh, he really did hold it up well for me um, if you're interested in being on the show, let me know. I've already reached out to quite a few people. So the show is a mix between, you know, the tango history of New York as well as the current contributors uh, to the community. And I also would like to branch out outside of New York eventually. Um, but that will come in time. If you are interested in following Adam and Chico, go to Facebook and find our Adam and Chico Tango page. Um, coming up in July, I'm working with uh, Alberto and Michaela in Cleveland at the end of July for the Cleveland Tango Bowling Marathon, the eighth year. That's going to be really cool. It's always a fun weekend. And the goal there is to just create a very comfortable environment for people to come and dance and enjoy the, the experience of, of what we do without uh, trying to take away a lot of the pressure and the baggage. Uh, You do not need to be a competent bowler. Some of you have asked me, like, I don't know how to bowl. Well, that's okay. (laughs) I don't either. I bowl once a year, and I bowl at the Cleveland Tango Bowling Marathon. Um, You don't even know how to dance tango. That's fine. Just come hang out. Have a beer. They have good chicken. If you don't like chicken, uh, have a beer. Um, (laughs) Anything else? Uh, In September, Horacio Godoy and Cecilia Berra will be back in New York, and... They will be in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, in Cleveland, Ohio. It's going to be amazing. Um, the second and third weekends. And that is it for this week. So like I said, I'm going to interview Alexis next Wednesday night. I don't think that will be the, the episode that will air next week, though. I think what I'm going to do is air the episode that I have with Lucille Krasner. Um, it's a very interesting conversation. She has been a part of the community here in New York. Since the early 90s, she helped establish the community here in New York. And uh, I can't wait to share that with everybody and talk about it a little bit. All right, until next week, uh, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please send me your feedback. Enjoy your lives and uh, be well. Thank you, everybody.